Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome to the Barca Blogger on Us podcast. My name is Josh, and I am joined by Emil Avanesi. And Emil, how are we doing today? Good, Josh. How are you doing? Good. All right. This this feels like a like a vintage Josh and Emil talk from 2021. We got drama. We got poor form on the pitch. This isn't Xavi's Barcelona anymore, baby. We're back to the we're back to the freaking Kike days. We're back it's to like Bartomeu days. I yeah. know. This is <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Um Let's just start off with uh, our pal, uh, Mr. Gerard Piquet. Um, yeah. So we got some leaked audio. And yeah. part of me feels like he would have just said all this stuff anyways to an interview if uh, Xavi would let him. But as we have recalled, when Xavi came in, he kind of stops the PK being honest to everybody uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in, in interviews strain. So uh, even though PK came out and vehemently defended himself, I still feel like he probably just would have said all this open on open air. Uh, it just doesn't, it doesn't come off great. Um, what were your first thoughts when you, uh, and let's separate it. We'll, we'll talk about the Spain Olympic stuff later. Cause that's just more mm-hmm. weird to me, but let's talk about the Saudi Arabia Supercopa stuff. What did you think about that when it kind of first, first came out? Well, I mean, so this is all happening through, like we know Jared PK is a, you know, like he's, he's an entrepreneur, like he's a, he's a venture investor like he 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 would love to tell you that too oh absolutely yeah if you don't believe me just ask him but um so he has like all this stuff like he has his hands on all these different you know all these different pies or i'm not even sure exactly how that saying goes but yeah um but so okay so he has a, a lot of these media things and whatever on the one hand it makes sadly it makes sense because you know i mean it it kind of sucks that the that the Spanish Supercopa goes to like Riyadh or Jeddah or wherever it is they go to play, and everyone has to pretend that this whole thing is anything other than just like a naked cash grab. So, um, I mean, putting that aside, I mean, I guess like the part that really trips me out is, I mean, he's doing this while an active player, because. You know, that's where I think the... And by the way, an active player on one of the basically two, and I guess you could say two and a half if you could sit at Buddy. There's basically two teams they're doing this for that they hope will eventually come into it's basically, play. Like, as, far as, like, as far as global media goes, yeah. I mean, I think there's generally sort of three teams of 
you know, big consequence in Spain. And then, you know, your mileage can vary on like the, the Sevillas of the world and stuff, but it's really, yeah, it's the two big Madrid teams and, and Barca. And so, yeah, first of all, he's doing this as, as an active player with one of those teams, which, I mean, I, that that's where I think the sort of the conflict of interest and the, and the whole thing just sort of feels extra, extra, you know, grimy, I suppose, because the other comparison that I kind of make with the content of what he's doing, you know, brokering deals with, you know, Saudi Arabia to, to hold exhibition games and whatever. Before Xavi came back to Barcelona, when he was managing in Qatar, you know, it was sort of every other interview that he gave, he would sort of, you know, opportunistically slide in something about how, you know, Qatar is this great, like, you know, diverse and tolerant place. And, you know, essentially, so look, it, this is a little bit of business as usual in the sense of, of the bedfellows. It's more so the fact that he's doing it as an active player and brokering deals for his team. But on behalf of like his company or his portfolio company. Cosmos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the whole thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like, you know, none of it is technically illegal. Um, that we know we about. Take, right, right, right. But, you know, on the surface, what we've heard so far, none of it is, none of it seems to be technically illegal. Um, you know, if we take a, you don't have to be all that cynical about the world, but if we take a somewhat cynical view of the world, you know, it's it seems like it's business as usual, you know? Um, and, Overall, it's just kind of, yeah, it's like, it's a terrible look. But I think like you said, though, I, I, I'm, I'm sure if you spoke to PK, you know, privately, just, you know, you're sitting down and like having a cup of coffee with him and talking to him, he probably just shrugs and goes like, dude, what did you guys expect me to do? And that's like, in his defense of it, that's kind of what he said. Yeah. And that's like, this why is how I'm business like, is done. And here's the thing. If this had just, and I'm trying to like, think about this from like if i hadn't seen leaked audio pk saudi arabia supercopa right yeah and i had just seen like pk was helping to broker a deal that mm -hmm. would i probably just would have thought kind of similarly with chavi like okay this is just money i don't respect this but this is what i expect I think yeah, the fact exactly. that it was like leaked audio, it just makes it fun to talk about. Uh, the The thing that I found, um, the Spain Olympic stuff, I found mm -hmm. hilarious. Uh, and if you haven't heard this, I'm just going to read the, uh, for the listeners, read the audio. Um, he's talking with uh, RFEF president uh, Luis Rabiolis. I think I'm saying that correctly. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's... Oh, I think it's Rubiales, but yeah. Rubiales, okay. And yeah, PK said, yeah. and, and this is talking about asking for some assistance to play for Spain at the Olympics. Uh, he says, quote, you have to do this for me. You have to do it for me. We have to keep this secret and catch the coach in September or whenever. I will come to Madrid, sit down with him. I would love to go. You have to do this for me. You have to do it for me. Let's see how we can manage it so that it doesn't come out anywhere. <laughs> I think we have to keep it a secret. What do you think? <laughs> And I, mean, I just, it's just, I mean, it's so funny. You can't make it up. Yeah. And <laughs> look, I under, like, is there really not a more 
delicate way that he could have finagled his way onto the team. And I don't even mean delicate from, I just mean like, it's so undignified, you know, it's just, you're essentially like, you're just groveling, like, come on, man, you got to help me. You really got to help me. We can do this. Right. I mean, just, you know, at some point, like, you know, you've won two euros in a world cup, like just, yeah. Why, you know, why would you want to do this? It has dignity, to be, buddy. <laughs> it has to be a business thing. Like it, it has I mean, to be. I, I I suppose, but what does I mean? What does being on the Spanish Olympic team, Cosmos, baby? I mean, he what, probably has some what, sort of like what back end deal. Doors is that going to open? That being, you know, like FC Barcelona royalty, having grown up rich, being Shakira's husband, like all of that, like what, like a spot on the Spanish Olympic team is just like the, the final, you know, the, the final step to. Maybe he's just grappling with like his imminent demise and an influx of playing with the, the, the youth of the Spanish Olympic team. You know, maybe they get Pedri to come play again uh, and run him into the ground. Cause he's, I think it's, it's under 23, right? Yeah. So it's under 23 and they get like, what is it? Is it two or four senior players? I think it's like, I think it's literally in the middle. I think it's three. Is it three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, But yeah, they, uh, the whole thing was just hilarious. And like the fact that he's like, let's keep it secret. It doesn't have to get out anywhere. And then the audio just leaks. The the one thing is too, and that's the part. So I think you're absolutely right. Like this one seems, honestly, this one seems less sort of cynical and sketchy to me. And I think it does strike me as, you know, part of the old guard who's grappling with his kind of like his professional mortality, you know, like, like Messi's gone. Xavi, who used to be his teammate is his coach. You know what I mean? Like Xavi's Iniesta's, telling him not to go on TV. He's yeah, bossing yeah. Him around. Xavi's his boss now. Yeah. And like, um, you know, Iniesta's gone. He's in Japan and, you know, he and Busquets are sort of the, the last of the, the true old guard, you know, I mean, like Danny Alves is back, but like he's back from like semi-retirement. So it's like the whole thing. I, I think he's being met at every turn. And yeah, now now it's like it's Pedri's world. And he's being met at every turn with his, his own exit from the game at some point. I can see this almost just being more of an ego-driven thing where, you know, trying to broker a deal where you look like this elder statesman that the, the Spanish team loves so much and couldn't do without. Just to kind of stroke your own ego, I can see that. It's just like, and if this audio hadn't leaked, right, and it came out mm-hmm. that PK was going to be on the Olympic team, I think, I think I would have seen it as that, like, oh, you know, they want some veteran leadership. He's mm-hmm. not going to play that much. But the fact that he was like begging for it, it's, it's just so it's weird. For me, it's really the part where he's like, he says two or three times, "Let's keep this secret." Where if you're if you're doing clandestine shady stuff and i feel like at this point you know both both sides of the phone kind of knew what the score was like like I you're like gerard you did- pk you don't have to beg you have to call and say hey if they would like me to come on for leadership i would be more than happy to that comes yes. off the same way to who he's talking to as you have to keep it secret you have to you have to you have to like they're the same thing yeah. and i realize he doesn't want to keep the door open for them to be like 
hey man thanks but no thanks so but because i feel like he's you know at that point you're kind of venturing slowly into sort of the the zlatan territory with the swedish national team where like (laughs) they they qualify for tournaments and then he just sort of like just pops up and is like hey if they want i'll go to the world cup with them (laughs) so wait it's okay okay did did sweden make the world cup i I think this happened at the last euros (laughs) so i think i'm but I'm trying to remember. Actually, did Sweden make the World Cup? I think, yeah, the yeah the Russia one, right? Yeah, they were there. I think. Did Sweden make the 2022 World Cup? Oh, this one you mean? Yes, this one. Uh, I think they did. Wait, I don't know. I can't find it. Google sucks. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh players that are actually getting playing time for Barcelona. Well, players that used to be. Um. Let's just talk about the form a little bit. So mm-hmm. two straight losses at the camp. Now, there was a point this weekend where I turned on uh, I turned on Real Madrid against Sevilla. And okay. Real Madrid were down. And I was yeah. like, it's happening. I was yeah. like, everything we've been talking about, Barcelona's form, they have a chance. Like, there's a shot they could win the league. Yeah, Madrid are going to drop all three points. And Barcelona gonna... have an easy match tomorrow. This is great. Yeah. And yep. it just collapses. I mean, I remember I was watching it with my with my son. He goes, you know, Dad, you know, which team are you rooting for? I'm like, the white team. We want the white team to win. I walk out of the room. Dad, the green team scored. Okay. Mm. okay. And the fact that he says the green team when talking about Real Madrid is just a whole other conversation because they were like, yeah. it was mint. <laughs> And then I walk out of the room again. The green team scored again. Ah, l- let me guess. It was a a, a bald headed looking kind of guy with like a buzz cut. And yep, he has a beard. Okay, great. Yeah. And everything comes crashing down. And then Barcelona lose one nil. And now not you know we're not fighting for the top spot anymore. Like top four is in jeopardy again because Sevilla gained all those points. They are now. Yeah. Let me pull up the table. Yeah. I'm- I'm pulling that up right now. So they're basically Barca are they have three points on Betis. Yeah, so Barca are no, I'm sorry, they're they're, they're third, but they, I mean they have matches in hand against yeah, everybody. They, they have two, two matches in hand, in hand over Atleti. Atleti. They have a match in hand over Sevilla and two matches in hand over uh Betis. And then of course today, yeah. as we're recording this, they play Sociedad. Um I think that's today, yeah. right? It's in yeah, in in San Sebastian. Yeah, that's literally in six hours. So um, as we're recording this, they play in six hours, and then they play in three more days, and then they have a week off, which they're going to need based off what we've been seeing. Um, so top four isn't guaranteed anymore. Um, I, I'd say it's still more than likely, uh, but I mean, they I do can't... feel like, yeah, I mean, I feel comfortable. Yeah, maybe not saying full on guaranteed, but I, I do... I don't know. I would stop like just one step short of saying it's guaranteed, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, I don't think we really have to worry about that anymore. So it, it, I think it's easy to say, and it's easy because it's correct, right? They're too mm-hmm. Pedri dependent, but I, I'm not going to put all this on Pedri, right? Like even when Pedri was still there, they still kind of looked like crap the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. since the international break. Uh, what is it in your mind that you've been seeing that has led to this where they were scoring four goals a game pretty much, international break comes, all of a sudden they can't seem to do anything. Traore looks slow, or not slow, but like the, the Traore, Aubameyang, Dembele, Frankie, like all that stuff, that like all the positivity going forward, all of a sudden yeah. just doesn't seem to be working anymore. Like what happened? 
I mean, it's not so much like a, a blame thing, but I do think, um, I do feel like uh, Frankie de Young has tailed off a bit. Like he's not, his performances have been well off of sort of the, the best versions of him that we saw in the weeks prior to that. Um, a little bit of it too, I think is, yeah, I think, um, look, especially after about a month under Xavi, there was definitely a, Barca looked different just in terms of demeanor and confidence, but also just tactically and in their understanding of what they're trying to do. And I think that still exists. They're better at controlling a game. Like it doesn't always, you know, every one goal lead doesn't feel like just this crazy, like white knuckle ride till the end. Like you feel like they can actually, you know, exert a little bit of control over a game. Um, I think there's a little bit of fatigue that that might've set in. Uh, Like I said, and I think Frankie de Young has just, you know, he had his performances have tailed off a little bit and I mean, defensively, there's just, there's holes at the, at the back, you know, I mean, Araujo's out, uh, you know, PK has been out, uh, you're relying on, I mean, they started, uh, what was it, Lengley and um, Eric Garcia, like in the last game in the, in the middle of the back line. I mean, if one of those guys, and I understand Lengley's, you know, expensive and, and a veteran, but you know, if, if a player of that quality is your fourth or fifth center back and, you know, you rotate him in every so often, like, that's fine. You can, you can live with that. You can have those two guys be the, the anchors of, of the defense, you know? And so I think that's a, that's a big part of it as well. And honestly, as much as I think, you know, Barca played terribly against Cadiz um, and didn't deserve to win, like you don't have to squint too hard to see where two of their either their point blank chances that were saved or Dembele's missile goes into the goes into the net and suddenly it's a close call and you know we call it a we refer to it as like a wake up call and not this you know brand new crisis at the club but i mean i think in general they've been papering it over a little bit but they've been finishing well enough and have improved enough where kind of, you know, it it looks good enough, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think we can both agree. Like it's not time to hit the panic button about top four yet. Uh, You know, because I mean, you and I more losses in a row when it was, look, when it was brutal, you know, in the, in the early part of the season and sort of the, the latter Kuman period, like the, and I know I think it's the exit from the Europa League too that stings a little bit as well because look early in the season when you and I were talking and you know Barca got dumped into the Europa League like I wasn't even all that confident that they would you know survive against quality opposition in the Europa so to say that they got to the quarterfinals of the Europa League and are overwhelmingly favored to finish in the top four considering the conversations we were having in like november and december it's it's all right what is this perspective i don't want to have any perspective oh man 
I don't know. I just, because I, I feel like, well, I feel like it's really tiring to even personally kind of commit myself to riding the full like Kool-Aid roller coaster every, every week. I don't know how people actually live this life. I don't know. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, Kool-Aid, um, let's talk about uh, transfer rumors. So yeah, we've moved off the Erling Holland's uh, yeah. dream ride. That's <laughs> over. Uh, he's, he's going to Manchester City in all likelihood, <laughs> which is, you know, listen, for neutrals, yeah. I got to say, I, I kind of always rooted against Manchester City until until the Atletico Madrid tie. And then I honestly gained like a weird amount of respect <laughs> for them. And I kind of, I'm not rooting for them. Like I still, I still would prefer Liverpool to win the Champions yeah. League. Like I still would prefer mm. Liverpool to win the Premier League. I am interested to see Pep actually have a legitimate striker now. And... I'm I, I'm terrified for everybody else, but I'm also like the thing watching City, and I always text my buddy who's a City's fan, laughing and making fun of, like, oh, they're starting Captain Jack as the number nine today. Like, what's gonna happen? Like, I I always yeah. just it, it's just always funny to me. But now they actually have a guy who like Kevin De Bruyne can actually find someone in the box that's not you know little Sergio Aguero, Gabriel, like you know five nine tiny striker. Like they actually have airborne quality now. Yeah. Uh, as a neutral, how do you feel about this? I mean, I am fascinated to see how it all how it all works. Um, because if it does work, it's going to be just absolutely spectacular. I mean, he could, you know, not... It's not crazy to me to think that in all competitions, if all of this works, if, if De Bruyne's healthy and... Well, sort of, if Holland's healthy too. Well, like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm assuming that he can, that he's, you know, he's sort of, he's so young and like so chiseled out of granite. I feel like he's going to be okay. Well, plus he's going to get the Manchester City juice, like whatever their doctors have going yeah. on over there with the money, like it, it's going to get injected and he's going to be fine. So the thing is, if, if De Bruyne is, you know, at his best, and because at his best, he is essentially like, I mean, for me, he's the best midfielder in the world when he's, fully firing and he's never had you know and he's been that without having this kind of a target to to feed in the box and between pep's deployment all the other talent and uh you know in the midfield and in the attack and the potential for de bruyne feeding holland i mean he could put up some like messy-esque goal numbers in all competitions i mean not the 91 but you know any of the other years like it would it shock you if he scored 50 premier league goals if everything goes right i think I mean, it I would because i don't see i don't see them playing him that much well, I, I, like, I guess Pep is problem. the king of I mean, rotation right yeah but yeah, I mean, yeah. if you were to play if he played consist- all 30 yeah. yeah 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 and you know and you know and i'm saying that's kind of an idealized scenario but you know I can't imagine he scores less than, you know, 22 goals a season as part of that, you know, juggernaut that they've got. Yeah. Um, which, you know, all this means Barcelona have to settle for Robert Lewandowski this summer. Um, <laughs> okay. Are, are, is, is any part of you buying that? Because I, I'm literally, I, I'm at a 0%. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. I, 
Oh, so, you're letting yourself get bought in. No, okay. I get the, no I, the answer is no, because I was going to say that, no, I basically backed into the, the short answer. Am I buying any of this? I am not, because I realized that, so I've seen these rumors for whatever it is, the last couple of weeks or however long, and I realized I have no inkling as to where they came from and even fully when they started, but it's just this weird thing that, Kind of it's what Byron players sprouted do. and gain momentum. I mean, when Byron players need some contract juice, there's some sort of leak that Barcelona that they're talking of Barcelona, and I'm entirely convinced it is a hilarious ploy that these Byron players have to pick on poor Barcelona. That they just like have someone in their camp leak that they're talking to Barca just to scare Oliver Kahn into signing him to, for two more years. Look, man, if it, it seems as though anytime a Bayern player needs a boost, yeah, it's you either use Barca as your contract decoy or get him on the pitch. <laughs> Just, you know, everything is great. So I, I um, find it weird that like Byron have this, you know, they're, they're like, there's these staunch like contract people, but like the fact that they're like tentative to give Bob two more years, it's two. He's not asking for like a five year deal. No. He's asking for two on top of one when he's in like, and he's still like he's still fantastic. It's not yeah. like he's he's not like clearly in decline or anything like that. Um, and even if you get one of his decline years out of that, I mean, this guy has done like astounding stuff for you. It's, it, yeah, it, it's it's insane to me that they're considering like. I mean, here's the thing: I don't know where else he would go. Um. If, because the Real Madrid, I mean, if, if we assume that Mbappe is going to Madrid and, you know, Karim I mean, Benzema is, I don't know, like levitating these days. So just yeah. there's there, there's not an empty seat there. And I mean, there's like, if you want money, you were going to go to City. They're gone. I mean, the only other... PSG. <laughs> yeah, I guess. They spend indiscriminately. I mean, look, if I was just looking to cash out, yeah, I'd go be just hideously rich in Paris for a couple of years. And the good thing is that these guys, that PSG has disappointed for so many years. Like the fans already hate them so much. Like they couldn't possibly hate me more than they hate their current team. I don't know. <laughs> All I know is like, they'll take a hundred million bucks and then like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's all I had for transfer silliness. I just found yeah. it funny that we've now moved on from from Hollands to now. Uh, well, because now, yeah, because we're also talking about like the more reasonable ones are like what is it? It's Frank Kessie from uh, Milan, and um, that was supposedly a done deal, wasn't it? That, that that's what they say. See, I never I never fully know how to read transfer news because I read you know you almost have to do your own research into the source of the art. Like it just takes so much work to figure out. See, that's why you just don't do any work. You, you who, take the alternative having approach. lunch with an agent and planting a story and who actually knows stuff. And I'm just like, I, I can't, I can't build out like a database of that. So I'm just, uh, I wait until credible people report it or until I see the guy in a shirt and I'm, um, <laughs> Which is, I mean, there's basically one credible source in all of world football, and that's uh, Fabrizio Romano. And uh, until he reports it, I just consider everything to not be true. Yeah. So, um, and let's just let's just go and see. Uh, Manchester United apparently are now uh, 
let's see, Darwin Nunez is the guy that they're they're going to be after next. So good, good for yeah, good for Fabrizio reporting that. Um, okay, yeah. See, like, why can't we be linked with Darwin Nunez? Like, why do we have to be like a go for basically like the best striker in the world or the second best striker in the world, and that's it? Why can't we just go for the young guys? Like, why? Why are we not linked with Darwin Nunez when he would cost probably around forty million, the same amount that Bob would cost? So, I, like, I think it's a couple of things. Um, there seems to be so much, like, this reclamation project that that Laporta walked into is. I think they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, in terms of restoring Barca to the top table, both in terms of you know, the Champions League and unquestioned top two in La Liga. And also in terms of prestige, because, I mean, it's been, look, I mean, we forget, but it's been four years that, no, I guess five now, but like, I mean, it's in the last five years, Barca have been picked clean for Neymar and essentially were too broke to bring back Lionel Messi. I mean, they, they've eaten some L's, you know? And, and the nine-figure signings that they've brought in were Coutinho, Griezmann, and, I mean, Dembele is, looks like a hell of a player now. But, like, you know, but, you know, they brought in three nine-figure signings that were supposed to be these transcendent replacements that, you know, until the last six months or so, with you know, last not even what last three months, four months with Dembele, all looked like just monumental, like just bonfires of cash. And so, I think there's a there's an element of trying to you bring in like Lewandowski is the pros pro, a world class player. So he's, you know, he's not going to be swayed, and he's not going to be awed by you know the whatever it is, the, the entorno of Barcelona or the, the pressure of playing at Barcelona and stuff like that. So I think there's, I think there's a big part of that because if you think about it, okay, so this great like generation has come up. So, you know, there's Ansu, Pedri, Nico, Gabi. So like that young crew is fantastic. But I think back through the years, like there were so many young prospects that Barca would sign and you know, in that range, it would be, you know, anywhere from like 15 to like 35, 40 million. And you think about it, you're like, okay, cool. This guy, you know, he's, he's fast, he's young, he's this and that, whatever. And then you'd like never hear about these guys. It's whatever would happen. They'd, they'd come here, they'd get loaned out. And then they would just like kind of vanish into the ether. And so I feel like I'm kind of happy that Barca aren't playing that game now because until literally just the last couple of years, this has been a place where exciting young talents come to sort of stall out and just sort of disappear. Um, I'm not saying that signing a a veteran Lewandowski is like, it's not a long-term solution, but at the very least you are getting a, I mean, the, the guy's a the guy's a stone cold killer in front of goal, and that goes a long way. Like he's he's awesome, and so he can at least serve a serve as a bridge. I think that would also because um, in a couple of years they're going to have to make an assessment too of 
you know, there's no questioning Ansu Fati's talent, but you're going to have to see in a couple of years, like, can this dude stay healthy? And, you know, is he the, the talisman, you know, goal scorer that you want him to be for the next decade? And, you know, we don't want to talk about having to answer that question yet. Oh, hell no. But no, no, absolutely not. But I'm saying while everyone prays, prays that he in fact is like, you have to make some sort of contingencies and only like the, the two-year commitment to, to Lewandowski, I think is better than, you know, going and signing, you know, maybe a younger guy or a prospect and giving him, you know, four or five-year contract. All right, fine. We'll sign. Lewandowski. I know. Like, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm so angry fine. at myself for even just like dipping a, dipping a toe in that, in that horrible, horrible water. Ah, we've, we've taken a bath in that horrible water now. Um, all right. So before we head out, tell me what you've been working on. Uh, so I think I've told you, uh, so I've been writing, uh, a lot for, uh, urban pitch. It's actually an LA based, uh, football site. And, uh, so I've been doing a lot of stuff, uh, some of it Barca related, some of it Barca feminine related and, uh, a good bit of it also NWSL related. And um, so I'll, I'll give you the link to that. I mean, I recently wrote about uh, uh, Katarina Macario, who uh, American, so she's a uh, Cuban-born naturalized American. Uh, she's the first actually naturalized citizen to play for the US women's national team. Really? Um, yeah, she's like 22 and uh, plays for Leon. And it, so they're actually going to be in the semifinals of the Women's Champions League this weekend as well. They're playing, they're taking on PSG. And if you go find her goal that she scored against, oh, I can't remember it now, but it was, um, I don't remember who they were playing, but you just put in Macario World Cup goal. I mean, it's just, she is an astoundingly excellent player. And, uh, it, it it assumed I was spelling Mario, and now it's just showing me Mario Gauthier scoring against Argentina. So I'll, I'll have to find it later. <laughs> Excellent. <Thanks Google. laughs> but yeah, so she's uh, yeah she's fascinating, and so I'm actually um, so I'm going to be at Camp Nou for Femini Wolfsburg, and are you really? Yeah, I was at uh, the the Real Madrid one too. They both sold out, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So the Real Madrid one. I mean, I guess they didn't. I guess they technically didn't put every last ticket on sale, but I, apparently they sold every ticket they did put on sale. And so that was like 91,300 91, or 91,500. I mean, why not just sell every ticket? And so I think to this say time, you had a sellout, but you just like, you had 90,000 people. That's cool. Well, you know what it is too? And okay, maybe I'm being a little bit cynical, but you know, go with me here. Um, what if twice in a month you can break the record for largest attendance for a women's football game? No, here's the thing. That's not cynical because I grew up, I'm a Pistons fan, as you can see the yeah. foam finger behind me. And yep. <laughs> uh, they held the largest sellout streak in NBA history. And yeah. some of those games weren't sold out. But yeah, tickets like were. Really well so attended. it's like, yeah, no, I, that, I don't think that's cynical at all. Yeah, because I think it's like the, the first one was like, also, I do think they were, they probably were taken aback a little bit by the first one. I don't know that everyone, because they initially put like 60,000 on sale and I think it was like a feeding frenzy and everyone bought them. I, I do think they were a little bit taken aback that like, oh my God, there really is like 
there's an insane appetite for this. And then, well, there's an yeah, insane appetite for good football, and the women's team is the yeah. only one doing that right now. So, and I mean, they are such. Uh, it's funny. This, this will be the third straight home game of theirs that I've been to, and I'm going to go to the next one next weekend. Like, just they're the... thrilling. I mean, it's literally like watching. It's like so watching went... the MSN on steroids. Like, they're literally so much better and so much more talented. It's just, it's thrilling. It, it really is. Well, the, the crazy thing is, so like in that Madrid game, they fell behind, you know, when there was that 45-yard chip and whatever. And I remember my only thought was just, you know, you know how like the sports gods are just cruel and have a really demented sense of humor? I was like, don't you tell me that on this moment, on this stage, like they're somehow going to lose. And then in the span of eight minutes, they they ripped off three goals and it was like the party was on. And then the, you know, what was it? Four days later, I went to the... uh the Estadio Johan Cruyff to to watch their next league game, and like they were trailing one nil at halftime because this youth player from you know Spanish youth player from Villarreal hit this you know scored an absolute golazo. I was like, oh my god, the the hangover is real. This is going to be so bad and whatever. Half an hour they ripped off six goals and they won six one. It was just you go from worry to oh my god why would you ever worry in just yep. in a heartbeat with them it's it's unbelievable it's ridiculous well i'm very jealous enjoy your time um at i will the match. Man, actually uh, at and i'll send you the link to uh yes just to the uh all the urban pitch stuff and i'm actually going to be doing something for them i'm trying to think of the trying to get the particulars ironed out but i'm going to do something on that game uh as well so that's going to be my next thing for them sounds good all right well send me that information enjoy your time at the match and we will chat again soon thanks man appreciate it